0: My name's Greg Knapp. This is the Greg Knapp Experience, your 20-minute thrill ride for your commute or your workout. The father labeled the domestic terrorist at a school board meeting. You know, it's gone nationwide. Well, he was defending his raped daughter. That changes things a little bit. The police shortage is underway. <laughs> what could go wrong? Food prices keep going up, and so do the prices of everything. Pelosi promotes the IRS snooping in your bank account, and I've got good news. The cancel culture loses another round. It's all coming up on the Greg Knapp Experience. Let's go. So we'll start with this National Association of School Board letter. Remember, they wrote it to the Department of Justice saying, wow, these people are going crazy at the school board meetings. we got to stop these people. And we started to figure out what was really going on because one of the footnotes in that letter is about this guy named Scott Smith. Now, this was in Loudoun County, Virginia. Big story now. Daily Wire did a huge report on it. It's it's going everywhere. Uh, the guy's gone on Fox News, Ingram Angle, and he's telling the story. He said, look, he was made the poster child of domestic terrorism at these groups. And he was arrested June 22nd at a school board meeting. It was deemed an unlawful assembly. See, people who were there were ticked and they were voicing opposition to proposed policy expanding special protections to transgender students and... Smith was upset because of something that happened to his daughter. He ended up being dragged from the event in handcuffs, his lip bleeding, charged later with disorderly conduct, resisting arrest. Then you think, how could a parent act like this? It must be one of those ignorant Trump deplorables, a domestic terrorists. Get What's wrong with this guy? Well, what most people didn't know, the reason he was there was to confront the school board members over his daughter's alleged rape by a, quote, gender-fluid boy, he would sometimes wear skirts to school and apparently went in the girls' restroom. The National School Board Association, of course, in their letter to the White House said these things about what Scott Smith did in yelling at a woman and resisting arrest from the cops. As these acts of malice, violence, and threats against public school officials have increased, the group's letter to the president said the classification of these heinous actions could be the equivalent of to a form of domestic terrorism and hate crimes. NSBA requested such review from the Department of Justice. Examine appropriate enforceable actions against these crimes and acts of violence under the Gun-Free School Zones Act, the Patriot Act, in regards to domestic terrorism, the Matthew Shepard and James Byrd Jr. Hate Crimes Prevention Act, the Violent Interference with Federally Protected Rights Statute, the Conspiracy Against Rights Statute, an executive order to enforce all applicable federal laws, and blah, 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 blah. I mean, are you kidding me? We keep adding laws and we keep taking away rights. What happens is everybody's treated equally under the law. I mean, this is animal farm all over again. Everyone's equal, but some people are more equal than others. No, you treat everyone the same under the law. We don't need special rights. We don't need reduced rights. We simply need our rights and we need to enforce them. And there's absolutely nothing that goes on at a school board meeting that needs to be a federal offense. Well, here's what happened. Smith told the Daily Wire, That on May 28, quote, a boy allegedly wearing a skirt entered a girl's bathroom at his daughter's school, and he sexually assaulted his ninth grade daughter. Now, the family's attorney told the Daily Wire that, uh, excuse me, that a boy was charged with two counts of forcible sodomy, one count of anal sodomy, and one count of forcible fellatio. Now, I want you to imagine for a second that you're this young girl's mother or father, and you're told at the school board meeting to be quiet, go away, it didn't happen. How would you react? The sheriff's office confirmed via public records request the existence of a report with the offense, forcible sodomy and sexual battery, matching the date and location of Smith's rape. And it gets worse because Smith was given a no trespassing order prior to the meeting that forbid him from telling his story. And in fact, when he went to the school to complain about what had happened to his daughter, they accused him of lying, called the police, not for the transgender rapist, but on Smith for causing a scene, the father. So thankfully, he was able to get his daughter a rape kit. And that evening, the rape kit confirmed that she was raped. And now there are at least some charges. So what happened at the actual school board meeting? Well, on June 22nd, during the school board's hearing on the policy for transgender students, school board member Beth Bart said, quote, Our students do not need to be protected. They are not in danger. Do we have assaults in our bathrooms or locker rooms regularly? Well, you know, I mean, regularly? Let's define regularly. How about just once? Superintendent Scott Ziegler said, To my knowledge, we don't have any record of assaults occurring in our restrooms. Now, again, remember, This father knows that his daughter was raped in the restroom. He has the rape kit to prove it. He's got the police report to prove it. He's got his daughter to prove it. She was also beaten, by the way. Her scars are there to prove it. And yet, oh no, we we do I acknowledge we don't have any record of assaults occurring in our restrooms? So then another question from Chairwoman Brenda Sheridan. Have we had any issues involving transgender students in our bathrooms or locker rooms? Ziegler, I think it's important to keep our perspective on this. We've heard it several times tonight from our public speakers, but the predator, transgender, student, or person simply does not exist. The man's daughter has been raped! And, oh, it does not exist. You little peons, you deplorables, you're just, you're trying to make it seem like there's these horrible, awful transgender people out here just waiting to attack your daughters. That just doesn't happen. It did happen, number one. And number two, it's not about this belief that every transgender wants to assault your daughter. It's about the fact that your daughter shouldn't have to be in a bathroom with a human being with a penis standing next to her or take a shower in the girl's locker room with a human being with a penis standing next to her. That's what this is about. It's not about dissing the transgender people. It's not about hating transgender people. It's not about any of that. It's about just doing what makes sense. It's common sense. No, no, no. Cause it makes it makes the other person feel uncomfortable if they can't go into the bathroom of their choice. What about the people that makes them uncomfortable when they come into that bathroom? Well, they don't have any rights. Why, I mean, we're so what they feel uncomfortable. That's their fault. But it's not the other person's fault? No, no, no. It only goes one way, of course. So they're telling him that it doesn't happen, it doesn't exist, that his daughter is lying, that the rape kid is lying, that her wounds are lying, that the police who arrested the guy are lying because they don't want to admit that this really happened. So Smith finally got arrested because he got into an exchange with an Antifa pro-transgender policy activist. He said the woman accused him of making up the story of his daughter's rape, and then questions his daughter's mental health. In fact, he was on with the Ingram angle, and he said he tried to tell the woman how his daughter was assaulted because first she, it, she had said something to his wife, and he turned around and said, stop, right? And so he turned around to tell her what happened to his daughter, and the woman, he said, quote, she looked me dead in the face and said, that's not what happened. And that struck me. How do you know what happened? You don't even know me. Smith recounted then being gripped from behind and realized it was a police officer as he was later tackled. And what the other report says is that, yeah, he got mad and he called her the B word. That's when police intervened. Smith yanked his arm back. The two wrestled. He was forcibly removed from the assembly, barred from the school board building. Now, could he have handled this better? Yeah, sure. But do I understand with the situation about his daughter being raped and people telling him she was lying and people not wanting to let him talk and the school board just totally covering it up and lying about it? Yeah, I totally understand him getting very upset. By the way, Smith learned later his daughter's alleged assailant reportedly victimized another girl... Loudoun County Sheriff's Office, 15-year-old suspect forced the victim into an empty classroom where he held her against her will and inappropriately touched her. Smith's attorney says the suspect is the same boy that allegedly attacked her client's daughter and the Daily Wire confirmed that via confidential government source. So Smith said he called the probation officer and he was told, yep, I put him in juvie yesterday, the same kid. Hmm. Okay. If you've been ignoring... The crazy at our schools, the crazy at your local, state, and federal government levels, the crazy that seems to be swirling around us to the point that I feel like I'm living in a dystopian movie. If you've been ignoring that and thinking it'll just go away or thinking I'm just going to put my head down because I don't want to be canceled. I don't want people to say anything weird about me. I don't want to lose any business. I don't want to lose any friends. Are you starting to think maybe it's time to pay attention and speak up? I hope you're paying attention now. And the question is, what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? Are we going to organize at the local level to get new people into the school boards, at the state level, at the federal level, to get people in who have common sense, who will stop this nonsense rush over the left face cliff that we're going down right now? Because if we don't, I, I don't, I don't know how much time we have left. Do you? In just a second, I'm going to tell you about Chicago not being able to find enough police officers. But first, if you're enjoying the show, um, I'm asking you to be a part of the movement that we were just talking about. What are you going to do about it? How about combating the far left version of America, sharing this with people so they can rally around what makes us exceptional and see what's really happening. Listen, follow, share on social um, at every place you can listen to podcast, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, et cetera. Tell three friends to tell three friends and let's grow the movement. Thank you. So Chicago can't find enough people who want to be police officers. I mean, I can't imagine how that could have happened. Let's see. You defund the police. You criticize the police every chance you get. The left, the Democrats, the media, but I repeat myself, insult the police all the time, lie about the police, really. Uh, Black Lives Matter and Antifa say ACAB, which means all cops are bastards. You know, not just the ones that truly have violated the law and should be prosecuted, but all cops are bastards, according to this, and insult and attack them and disrespect them. And, gee, can't figure out why there might be more and more people deciding they don't want to be cops. Would you want to be a police officer right now? Would you decide? you? And and by the way, if you were a young black man or woman, would you decide you want to go into policing right now? Don't we need people of all races to become police officers so that we have a police force that looks like America and that, you know, can kind of get along with everybody in America? Well, no, I I don't know why. We, We need to defund them and get fewer of them. Chicago police officers are retiring in record numbers, leaving big city department for smaller ones surrounding Chicago. This is from CBS2 in Chicago. I think you have to take care of yourself first, said one former officer who asked to remain anonymous. Yeah, why are they leaving? Disrespect from the city council. Disrespect from people in the street too much mandatory overtime, too many canceled days off, too high a cost of living in Chicago. So near, they are now nearly 1,600 police officers below their 2020 staffing levels. And they've only got 100 people entering the police academy. And only about half of those will actually become cops. Hmm. Hmm. So you got a couple options if you live in a big city, right? One, crime and gangs can take over the big liberal cities. And they're starting to already. Two, people can move out of the cities because they're tired of it, and that's already happening. I've got some of them moving to my neighborhood. Three, people could finally get fed up, vote out the lefties, and hire more cops and enforce the law, and that way the law-abiding can live in safety and peace. How long will it take of one and two before you finally get to three? Because we're running out of time. Food prices. Highest level in a decade. This is more about your money, right? So, Bethany Blankley writing, food prices hit a 10-year high worldwide. That's from the Food and Agricultural Organization's Food Price Index. And prices have increased by 32.8% over the past year. The highest they've been since 2011. Contributing factors. Okay, what do we got here? Uh, Labor shortages, weather conditions, public policy decisions in Europe, Reduce supply while demand increased. Yeah, that's central planning working so well again. U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics Consumer Price Index says the largest food increase in August was for meat, poultry, fish, eggs, beef up 12.2% from the previous year, bacon up 17%. And again, uh, why? Well, Makers of goods from french fries to meat snacks are working to secure trucks and staff processing lines as costs for products as diverse as packaging and cooking oil rise. Supply chain problems are growing for U.S. food makers at a time consumers are spending heavily on food in supermarkets and restaurants. Translation, we got a lot of problems, brother. We got a lot of problems. And the Biden officials are finally admitting, yeah, we might not be able to stop these holiday season shortages. Well, you're causing them. No, no, no. We're doing everything we can. Transportation Secretary Mayor Pete said shipping delays are largely a private sector issue. Oh, they finally found something that's private that they shouldn't do anything about because they can't fix it. While the administration is taking steps where it can, there is little it can do to speed up the delivery of consumer goods ahead of higher than normal holiday rush. Okay, how about this? How about Biden saying never mind on all the vaccine mandates and and see how that would help? How about cutting taxes instead of raising them? How about cutting spending instead of (laughs) increasing it with all the spending we've already done? Trillions already, right? And we want to do 3.5 trillion more. How about how just how about you allow the Keystone Pipeline? How about you protect our border? How about you stop the $3.5 trillion? And how about doing all of that to boost confidence? It would happen overnight. Confidence would be boosted overnight. People would start investing again overnight. All of it would help start this thing moving in the right direction. And all of it is government getting out of the way. But instead, Mayor Pete argued some of these problems could only be addressed by passing the president's $1.2 trillion physical infrastructure package commerce secretary Gina Raimondo we were also obsessed with the healthcare response she told cnn we were obsessed with jobs i don't think anyone predicted how disruptive it would be to the supply chain well yeah we did in fact many of us saw it coming and you called us killers who only cared about money as we were talking about what all the lockdowns and the shutdowns and the mandates were doing and now it's all coming to fruition. Oh, Nobody could have seen that coming. Biden has sought to exert executive powers in recent months to address both the shipping delays and the price increases that follow the supply chain issues. So again, they think more central planning is the answer. No, look, they're, they're, they're already talking about price controls. Let the prices go up. Greg, I don't want to pay more. I know, but you have to let the prices go up so the incentives go up for more people to get involved to fix the problem. If you can make money at it, you go into the business. If they lock the price in where you're not going to make a lot of money, why even get into a business that's already extremely hard to do anyway? Oh my word, these people are morons. Um, by the way, all this has stranded in nearly half a million shipping containers off the state's coast this year. Half a million shipping containers stranded off the coast. <laughs> and while we're trying to get back to work, we're making it harder, right? Well, Greg, it's about safety with those vaccine mandates. Okay, now wait a second. Here's what I want to ask you about this before we get into this piece by Chris Pandolfo. We were told the vaccine makes you safe, right? Yeah. Okay, so if you're vaccinated, why aren't you safe? Well, because you're not vaccinated. But wait, if I, if you're vaccinated and it makes you safe, then why do I need to get vaccinated? Well, because you can still carry it. Well, vaccine vaccinated people can still carry it. Well, yeah. And don't Didn't you just get a booster shot for it fading away? Well, yeah, yeah. Doesn't the booster make you safe? Well, yeah. Then again, why do I need to be vaccinated to keep you safe? Well, and couldn't you also wear an N95 mask, which filters out 95% at least of the things that can make you sick when already you're vaccinated and got a booster shot, but somehow still I'm the one that's killing you. By the way, full disclosure as always, I am fully vaccinated. Haven't done the booster and probably won't, but I'm fully vaccinated But I just think you have the right to choose for you. I don't know, call me crazy. It's it's this little thing called freedom. Well, a hospital in Maine is closing its neonatal intensive care unit because of a staffing shortage because they resigned over the impending vaccine mandate. Central Maine Healthcare in Lewiston. Staff resignations in protest of the vaccine policy. So they had to close their NICU and their pediatric heart attack and trauma patients who came to the hospital were being assessed and stabilized but sent to another facility as of Monday, but now they're removing that directive without explanation. So hopefully they're figuring something out. Democrat governor there, Janet Mills, has the vaccine mandate. The state will not enforce the rule though until October 29 to give them, you know, time to try to fix this thing. The Lewiston hospital's contingency plan involves cutting intensive care beds by 50% and reducing the number of medical surgical beds by 40%. So which one's less safe? Actually, letting people work who aren't vaccinated but many have had covid and many have other reasons not to and or get rid of all the experienced people so that you don't have enough healthcare workers. Yeah, that's yeah, it's great. Meanwhile, COVID-19 vaccination deadline for the federal workers at the VA hospitals, 45,000 employees still have not gotten their shots and they're going to face discipline and many of them will probably be fired or quit. More experienced people gone. Smart plan. John Brown, reporting a federal judge in New York granted a preliminary injunction Tuesday in favor of 17 healthcare workers who had applied for religious exemptions to the state's COVID-19 mandate. Said the question is whether the state's summary imposition of the mandate conflicts with plaintiffs and other individuals federally protected right to seek a religious accommodation from their individual employers. The answer to this question is clearly yes. And I like what their lawyer said. Some of these plaintiffs contracted COVID while treating patients. They recovered, were allowed to return to work with the same protective measures that were good enough for the 18 months that they were the heroes in the battle against the virus. Yeah, wearing the N95 mask. There is no science to show that these same measures are suddenly inadequate, especially when they are allowed for those with medical exemptions. Yep, exactly right. One last thing on COVID. Kyle Morris reporting that Jen Psaki is really ticked off that Governor Abbott put out an executive order saying, no, you cannot mandate your employees get a vaccine. As a, as a private business owner, you cannot force people to get medical treatment if they don't want it, right? Freedom, liberty. So she says, Governor Abbott's executive order banning vaccine mandates. And I would also note the announcement by Governor DeSantis this morning, essentially banning the implementation of mandates fit a familiar pattern that we've seen of putting politics ahead of public health. Nope, putting freedom first and balancing that with safety. No proof these mandates save lives could actually decrease the vaccination rate among the people who are hesitant because now they're really ticked off about it. And there's definitely no proof that vaccine mandates are saving the lives of the vaccinated. And, and she's saying that this is about politics and that the, the death is going to be on the hands of these governors. Pop me kettle. Remember, President Biden is the one rationing Regeneron Treatments that can save lives of people who have got COVID. He's rationing Regeneron to Florida and Texas instead of just making it available so no one ever is denied those kind of therapies. So how many people are dying because of his politics, Jen Psaki? I don't know why people aren't asking her that. Uh, Pelosi doubling down on the IRS tracking your bank account. Remember, we were told in this big $3.5 trillion bill that the IRS will be able to, you know, kind of just keep tabs on any transactions over $600. $600? $600? I mean, your daughter might buy something for $600, saved up all summer so that she could you know, buy a keyboard or something. So she's now, I was asked about the people are calling their banks and banks are calling and, 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 and expressing these concerns over privacy. Nancy Pelosi, what do you say about that? Her answer. There are concerns that some people have, but if people are breaking the law and not paying taxes, one way to track them is through this banking measure. I think $600, that negotiation will will go on as to what the amount is. If people are breaking the law and not paying taxes, wait a second. First of all, I thought you were innocent until proven guilty in this country. Secondly, don't you need reasonable suspicion to get a warrant? But no, they don't even need a warrant. They're just blanketly going to say, we have the right to snoop into your bank account of anything over $600. So the government can now just basically snoop wherever they want to. The Fourth Amendment then means nothing against unreasonable searches and seizures. You realize we fought a revolution over that. So if you're not doing anything wrong, they can still snoop on you. Yep. Oh, Greg, why do you even care? I mean, if you're not doing anything wrong, why would you care what they do? I hate that argument because... All that does is allow government to get more and more and more power. It grows exponentially and then is abused exponentially. Remember, absolute power corrupts absolutely. That's why we fought a revolutionary war over it. Remember how the IRS was weaponized under Obama? Oh, yeah, that'll never happen again. Finally, good news. The cancel culture loses another one. Davis Daviscourt reporting. I don't know if you saw Dave Chappelle's new comedy special on Netflix, The Closer. And I... I Some of the things Chappelle says I think are hilarious. Some of the things he says, I'm like, ooh, that was kind of rough. Other things I'm like, oh, man, that didn't sound so great. Sure. Guess what? He's a comedian. You're going to laugh at some things. You're not at other things. But the guy has a right to be a comedian. No, 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 no. There are people at Netflix that wanted him canceled. People who work at Netflix. And three of them forced their way into an executive meeting where the company were discussing how they could handle his stand-up special because the LGBTQ community is very upset about him again. They think he's transphobic. They think he's homophobic. And yeah, he makes some crass jokes about it. But if you really watch the special, his whole point was that he doesn't hate anybody and that he sees everybody as human beings. You really got to watch this thing, especially near the end. So the Netflix co-CEO stood up for him, finally. Chappelle is one of the most popular stand up comedians today. We have a long standing deal with him. His last special, Sticks and Stones, also controversial, is our most watched, stickiest, and most award winning stand up special to date. So he's now he's got a new one, Closer. As with our other talent, we work hard to support their creative freedom, even though this means there will always be content on Netflix some people believe is harmful. Several of you have asked where we draw the line on hate. We don't allow titles on Netflix that are designed to incite hate or violence. We don't believe the closer crosses that line. I recognize, however, that distinguishing between commentary and harm is hard, especially with stand-up comedy, which exists to push boundaries. Some people find the art of stand-up to be mean-spirited, but our members enjoy it, and it's an important part of our content offering. End quote. We need more CEOs standing up and saying stuff like this. Now, it helps that Chappelle makes them a buttload of money. If, he, if his show was horrible and nobody watched it, they'd probably cancel him. So, yeah, you have to be good at what you do and, and then stand up for what you mean. But Tara Field, a senior software engineer, one of three employees suspended, was very upset because Chappelle claimed that he is Team Turf. Turf is trans-exclusionary radical feminism. What it is really are women who say, listen, transgenders are not biological women. They should not compete with us in sports and things like that. Martina Navratilova said that. J.K. Rowling said that. Neither of them are conservative. They're liberals. They're just tired of that. So here's what the tweet said from Tara Field. Promoting turf ideology, which is what we did by giving it a platform yesterday, directly harms trans people. It is not some neutral act. This is not an argument with two sides. It's an argument with trans people who want to be alive and people who don't want us to be. So she's she's actually accusing Chappelle of not wanting transgenders to live. What special did she watch? Because I watched it. She said, this all gets brushed off as an offense, though, because of we're just too sensitive, then it's easy to ignore us. She missed the entire point of the show. His His whole point when he told this very touching story about a transgender friend of his is that we need to recognize each other as people. And we need to be able to laugh together, right? I mean, we have a choice. We can continue to be tribal as the politicians are trying to make it, especially those on the far left. It's all about identity politics. It's about your skin color. It's about your sexual identity. It's about your gender identity. It's about whatever you can come up with that makes you part of a tribe so that you can fight over it. And that's what's been going on for eons on this planet with identity politics. But the flip side of that is that we can be part of a melting pot country where we're all treated as individuals, where we can disagree, we can treat each other kindly, we can treat each other as fellow individual human beings, and we can learn to laugh together and live together. My name is Greg Knapp. This is the Greg Knapp Experience.